0: Hey, Nikhil, thank you for uh, taking the time to join us on the par- podcast and share uh, your journey, the Armor Court journey with us. Appreciate it very much. Uh,
1: thanks, Raj, for having me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. So we start off uh, initially with uh, a brief introduction about yourself and your uh, background. Uh, definitely, there's a lot of information out there about you, but maybe uh, your uh, short <laughs> intro by, uh, from, from yourself in terms of how we yeah, give your background.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, my name is Nikhil Gupta. I'm co founder and CEO of Armor Code. So, call me crazy. I started the company Armor Code in the middle of COVID in July 2020 when people didn't know where the world is going to be there. So, hopefully, that will give you an idea what kind of person I am. And I will talk more about Armor Code, why I started a little bit later, but prior to uh, founding Armour Code, I was the founder and CEO of Avid Secure, which is one of the most successful startups in Silicon Valley, which is not heard of. The reason why I say that is from start to end, you know, investors made up to 7x and uh, in a year and a half, the company was sold to Sophos. And that overnight success came with, you know, 25 years of failure, So I started my first venture in 1993, that failed in 1997 and 98, and the failures saga goes on and on. And I started my career primarily in Bell Labs in East Coast. I was fortunate to work with father of Unix Ken Thompson and the people of that pedigree. And my entrepreneurial passion brought me to Bay Area in 2000, when again, people were calling me crazy because without green card and all, I left Bell Labs, Unix Group, and moved to Bay Area and to join an early stage startup was Entry sphere, and that uh, startup uh, was a pretty great experience from 2000 to 2006 when people were going through dot-com bust and telecom bust uh, because of the pedigree of the people from Bell Labs and everything else we are fortunate we raised 190 million dollars and that was a great learning experience because uh, you know we companies as a startup you go and see up and down and that's exactly what I see and that was the uh, journey or part of my career where I moved away from engineering to uh, customer success to sales and in the product leader and then since then I worked at Cisco VMware and Forscard so uh, that's a quick background about Raj.
0: Sure thanks Nikhil yeah that is really uh, great hearing your uh... Uh, Failure stories. That's uh, because a lot of people just talk about their success stories. I I really appreciate you starting off with your uh, failures and and then your uh, success with Avid Secure. Definitely appreciate that. So yeah, coming to the origin story, uh, I I I read um, in I guess one of your blogs or uh, your articles uh, that when you uh, start something or you recommended entrepreneurs to ask themselves the following why questions. Uh, before they embark on their entrepreneurial journey, right? Uh, it's around uh, why this problem, why now, and why me. So maybe we can use that same framework for you to explain about the origin story of Armor Code. Uh, you, you did mention you started it uh, uh, during COVID. So I guess that's uh, hats off to you to, to have the courage to, to do that. And so, yeah, uh, let, let's use this framework uh, for you to talk through why this problem, why now and why you?
1: Absolutely. You know, like um, after the success of Avid Secure, when I was at Sophos, I was uh, in a self-discovery mode and I was thinking about what next. And then I kind of figured out that I'm a serial entrepreneur at heart. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of exploring what kind of opportunities and pain point and, uh, Right then, the COVID happened, and again, you know, I always look at it as an opportunity in a calamity. And I knew when the world is hitting and going towards the safe heavens, that's where the opportunity for a, a entrepreneur comes in. So at that time, I started to look at the problems, and uh, I always try to look at where people say where the puck is going and not where the puck is, right? So there were two big trends that were happening. Number one was that digital transformation was going to 10x because everybody realized that people will not be going out of home for some time. It's been two years and we are still working from home. And and then the second problem, what happens is any time any big uh, event like this happened, Is a lot of cyber attacks and we are seeing in geopolitical situation also the cyber stack increases. So this was a problem at the intersection of digital transformation, which was going to increase the number of lines of software that's being written and cyber attack. And that is where the armored code is at the intersection of software security. So that problem, you know, uh, again, I'll be talking more later about, you know, how I did the discover the problem into more details, but that was number one reason. And why now? Of course, the reason for now was two. One, number one was from the perspective that the problem was going to get worse. And when I did the research, I found out that there was no good solution out there. And why now at the same time? Because it was a COVID. It was a perfect time to build a product. Because what happens here is by the time, like any other failures or, or setback, life will come back to normal. So that was the thought process that by the time when the life is beginning to come back, you know, we'll be having a product which is ready to go. And last but not the least, why me? Uh, again, you know, there are several reasons. Security is all about trust. I have established trust with several uh, leaders, security leaders, and I've been a proven entrepreneur. So again, I thought that, uh, again, when, when what will happen here is we didn't know whether we'll be remote for two years to three years or five years, and the whole sales cycle and whole buyer experience will change and we'll be in a digital selling era. And so, as a result, uh, you know, people when they will look around, just like you did research about me, they will look about uh, because in the early stage, uh, there is always an early adopter, early majority, late majority. That's the bell curve that you have. So, initial customers will always look about the entrepreneur, and that is where you know I was a proven entrepreneur who had built scalable product and platform, which has been you know bought by several Fortune 500 companies. So, I felt that there is no better person. Than me to
0: start this. Great, thank you. Thanks, Nikhil, uh, for yeah talking through your your framework and explaining yeah how uh, Armor Code was built uh, around that. Um, so the next part of the discussion we continue with is around the pitch, uh, a little bit about the uh, uh, the business and product vision for Armor Code, um, and uh, yeah that 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 would be helpful for us to understand what the pitch and yeah the the business and product vision for AMA Code is.
1: Absolutely. So the vision is to democratize software security. It's very simple. But what is happening here is, as we all know, we have software development lifecycle. And my belief is that eventually everything will be secure software development lifecycle. So 20 plus years ago, when I was at Bell Labs, we used to have waterfall methodologies. We'll have once a year release. We barely use Uh, open source, and there was no concept of microservices. It was all monolithic application, and there was no cloud, if you will, right? Now, fast forward 20 years, we have a of use of open source, like 70 to 80% of applications are open source. Uh, It's all agile, you're having several times the releases a week, a day, or an hour. And there is microservices, which increases the number of attack surfaces, and everything is moving towards cloud, which makes it more agile. So while the software development lifecycle had transformed or upside down, the application security and the product security had not transformed at all. It's still very painful and not scalable. So the main problem becomes is if you look at securing one single application, you need at least a dozen tools, SCSS, DAS, DASP, DAS, ISD, pen testing, bug bounding, fuzzing and all, because you have multiple programming languages. Now the output of all these applications generates a lot of noise with no actionable insight. So that's number one problem. Number two problem here is that all the output of these tools are siloed. They're not talking to each other. So what application security people are living in a world of Excel hell. So like when Log4G or SolarWinds happen and the board and the CEO ask about their application security posture, People had to get output of all these tools, put into Excel sheets, and try to massage it and all. And there was no orchestration and automation. Third part here is the compliance. So whether you are a digital fintech company or a health tech company, healthcare companies, you need to be compliant. And back in the day, we used to have once a year release, so once a year compliance. Now, if you are having several time a day release, you can't have several time or dear compliance. And this is where it is heading, that you need to have continuous compliance. And and so there was no continuous compliance tool, which was looking from the application security perspective. And last but not the least, again, as an entrepreneur, when I looked at it, there are around 7,000 security companies which are out there. And to be a crazy guy to start the company in the COVID when there are 7,000 companies, you really have to understand the problem statement and that is what I did was I looked at it and I said okay you know when there are so many uh, tools or companies which is out there over here how do you kind of ensure that uh, you know you are picking up the right problem over there and 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 that's where uh, and every and every company claim devsecops or apps SecOps. Yep. now what happens here is there is application security, There's a development and an operations. There are three pillars. And the incentives of all the three companies are oppositely aligned. Security teams are incentivized to make software secure, which inherently slows down the thing. Developers are incentivized to have the software yesterday, ship it fast, and operations team is to make it reliable. Now, all these three incentives are opposite. And as a result, uh, what you have to do was have a novel approach, and this is where I took a novel approach. Now, uh, out of 7,000 startup, the industry ratios is 99% su- uh, soft uh, startup fail. And there's a reason for that. 95% startups are technology first. There's a lot of smart people who are building a lot of smart technology and trying to look for a solution. So they are building technology looking for a solution, which I learned the hard way from my past experience is a recipe for failure. Only 4% companies start with the process in mind and less than 1% companies start with people in mind. Now, when you are talking about three separate regions, app, second ops, and it is upside down, it's a people problem more than technology and a process. So what we did was we took a people first approach and that was a unique approach of solving the problem. And to solve this problem, technology alone is not sufficient. So as a result, we also created a community of like-minded security leaders. We created a company called The Purple Book and you can go to the purplebook.club and I highly encourage, it's an invite only community where there are several leaders from all over the world from Fortune 500 to Fortune 50 to Fortune 10 to global 2000 companies. The idea here is that's an open source community where security leaders are getting together, learning about the problems in application slash product or slash software security. And we are writing a book. The book is going to come out shortly where we educate because the problem here is like as Jeff Bezos says, you have to go for your calling and calling is bigger than you. So it's not that even if you're starting a startup, you're trying to solve a small problem. Application security operation is a very large problem and it needs to be, a lot of education needs to happen and as a result the overall pie will increase right so we are again doing it for the third time i'm doing it for the right reason and and one of the reasons is increase and educate and bring awareness as a result uh, you know uh, 60% of a larger is better than 100% of zero so with that mindset mm-hmm. we took a people first approach we built a platform which is uh, very robust we have over 30 plus fortune 500 in engagement we are engaged with companies of like deloitte and kpmg and Grand Thornton's on the uh, uh, partnership level and uh, getting a lot of success
0: great thanks nikhil that was uh, yeah great uh, uh, story around your vision and, and what you're trying to build at uh, armor code appreciate it thank you um moving along on the people side of things um, i again this is uh, i what I'd read about uh, based on some of your uh, writing on this topic. Um, I think you have mentioned that uh, one of the biggest reasons for your success is uh, culture. Uh, you, you talk about uh, culture uh, creating companies. and uh, specifically the culture at armor code is around four heads, uh, which is hungry, humble, hardworking, and honest. Uh, actually, that reminded me of uh, my time at uh, Data Domain uh, where we are um, sort of um, reference was recipe, which is respect, excellence, customer, integrity, uh, performance, and execution. So I guess, yeah, I think culture is, is definitely, and one of the things that I learned at Data Domain is, uh, it's about yes, coming up with these acronyms and all that, but more importantly is living that that culture, right? You can have these nice things on the walls and everything, but how do you do that on a on, on a day-to-day basis? So uh, what what I wanted to get a little bit more from from you is uh, your uh, uh, thoughts around uh, culture and uh, how you, uh, have been practicing that in the companies that you've built and currently that you're building at Armor Code, right? So maybe some stories or some examples to help us really internalize that four hedge culture that you talk about at Armor Code. Um,
1: uh, no, thanks, Raj. And and this is very near and dear to me. And culture actually evolves. So already, all uh, earlier I thought culture is constant. But as we are all growing, as I am growing, I learned that culture is uh, evolving. And so now it's not 4H, it is 5H. And the fifth H is humanity, which came after the COVID. So what happened was this 4H culture came from my last startup, which was hungry, humble, hardworking and honest. And the idea here was... Uh, while this uh, startup, as you can see in the back, we are recognized by NASDAQ and you know we have funding and we have these customers, my previous startup was a, uh, a lot of struggles. A bit is an understatement. And over there, the only way uh, you could build uh, a company was based on culture. So now, here again, you're asking why I started the company in COVID and, and, and the culture are kind of related. So taking a step back, Avid Secure, it was a total remote company, just like Armour Code back in the day, right? So it was pre-COVID in 2017, 2018, I was working from my daughter's bedroom. And uh, then the second thing was that I was making half a million dollar sales over Zoom, not because, you know, there was a COVID uh, because I couldn't afford to go to meet customers, right? Mm -hmm. So constraints creates creativity, and, and that's a big motto for me. And uh, in given constraints, we'd have to figure it out. Now, the only thing which I had, because I had a lot of uh, failures and I would secure, uh, the number one thing, which I was looking for in the people was hunger, right? Hungry, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, that's uh, the way I look at it is, and you are absolutely right here, Raj, that people talk and all these buzzwords are there. But for, for me, the belief here is that if I, wake up any armor code employee in the middle of the night, they should be able to say the company culture. And the culture, there are two aspects. There's a value and a belief. And, and the way I believe it, if the values are the same for everybody, and you know you could look at it, then you can connect people at a different level. So one of the other thing which I did at Avid Secure, one of my co-founders was, I had never met the co-founder before, right? If you think about Silicon Valley startup with a company like an Indian arranged marriage where you have not met the bride is unheard of and it's a recipe for disaster, but I used it to my advantage and and because of, again, it was related to culture. So hungry, humble, humbleness is very important because I've been fortunate to work with the brightest mind in the world. You know, Ken Thompson, it cannot get bigger than that, father of Unix. Uh, uh, recipient of US National Medal uh, and a Turin Awards winner. So what I realized is that when I worked with those leaders, they were humble like anything, right? You will just walk by their cube and you wouldn't know that what pedigree they are from. So that is something which is very near and dear to me. Hardworking, I believe, and this is again, I am going back and quoting uh, Jeff Bezos that he used to have a post-it on his uh, refrigerator, that he may not be the smartest guy in the room, but he knew he will be the most hardworking. And that is what my story was, that I always believe I'm not the smartest guy around there, but I know for sure I will be the most hardworking. That is why I look for hardworking as part of the core company value. And honesty is again paramount and that uh, results into integrity and honesty goes together. Because when you are creating companies, right, especially startup, you have to have each other's back. And the only way you can have each other's back is If you have that trust and trust comes from honesty and and especially Avid Secure was a remote company and so is armor code. So when you are now we are 50 plus people in such a short time, I have not met 70% of my team, right? And the amount of success and the uh, pace at which we are going is unheard of, right? Uh, We are closing our first year quarter, end of this month, 99% of security startups who have raised like maybe five or ten times in a non-COVID environment cannot achieve the numbers that we have achieved. Right. To get that kind of success, to get that kind of a rocket ship motion, uh, you have to have like each other's back, and that comes from honesty. And then the fifth one was the humanity. Not that I uh, did not wade in humanity earlier, but in COVID, you know, again I call it as was crazy. I started, and then I realized what did I do. Because what happened was pretty much almost all of the team in India, right, had COVID. When that wave got over, almost all of the team over here got COVID. And we are, everybody was going through the family crisis and things like that. And, you know, both my parents had COVID and I could not go and visit them. And that is where the empathy thing came in. And that's when I realized that, you know, Humanity is a big part and you have to understand. And that's where we added that fifth edge, which is humanity. So again, it's very simple. Now, what happens is as a founder and a CEO, a lot of difficult decisions that one has to make. Now, if the core values are strong and, and clear, then even the difficult, most difficult decision becomes easy. Because all you have to do is you have to look at the core value and make the call. Uh, for example, if you have to make a hiring decision, it's the same thing. Like we have turned down the smartest of the smartest people uh, because they were not humble, right? And even when we are talking about, uh, you know, making an investment or taking an investment or things like that. And and when I'm looking at, uh, you know, making a new hire for me, uh, you know, I always try to hire smarter than people than I am. and And when I look at around, I want to make sure that only thing I look at is for the fit, which is basically match of the cultural values.
0: Yep. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Nikhil. I think that was a good uh, explanation of how uh, you, uh, I guess, uh, evolve uh, culture and uh, make sure that it is uh, practiced, I guess, uh, at, at Dharma Code. Thank you. Um, the next part of the discussion, we jump to the process piece of it uh, around customer development. I was actually talking with the VC a um, uh, while ago about the framework that we use in this podcast uh, to talk about the issues around uh, uh, customer acceptance uh, and, and uh, market fit and so forth. And so I was telling that we use uh, Steve Blank's customer development model. And um, uh, he had a concern that not all founders may be, art- may be able to articulate the process. So he was saying... Uh, many uh, startup founders, it may be a gut for them that, okay, we moved from customer discovery to validation or even the faces, right, of valid- discovery to validation to customer creation to company building. So I actually found it interesting in, in uh, one of your writing that you had mentioned that um, uh, customer discovery should be done before doing any coding. And uh, so I, I definitely wanted to get your take on whether this was part of Steve Blank's customer development model that you're using as a framework or just customer discovery in general and your thoughts around the whole customer development uh, model and approach. And we can jump into specifics at Armor Code because I also recall that you've spoken with over 200 companies to learn about issues and opportunities uh, facing their AppSec team. So I'm, I'm sure you've actually uh, implemented that, uh, but definitely wanted to get your thoughts around uh, the, the model and how you practice it.
1: So, of course, you know, Steve Blanks is guru when it comes to customer discovery and like every other entrepreneur, right? Uh, we listen to a lot of people and then we go and have our own kind of quote unquote a variant of that. And I learned the customer discovery the hard way. So one of the startup that I was trying to do earlier where I had not done the customer discovery, I spent a lot of my money into the product And then after two years, I went to uh, one of the Stanford professors asking for a feedback because I was not getting the success I was looking for. And the professor said, "Uh, are you smoking grass? (laughs) (laughs) And this was like two years of my blood, sweat and tears and my investment and money going on. It was not a venture back. It was my personal thing coming in. And I'm like, what do you mean? And so he broke down the problem for me. And it was like very interesting that I realized that you know, there was a few fundamental things which I kind of missed, right? And as a startup, one of the most difficult thing as an entrepreneur is how do you differentiate that whether you are drinking your own Kool-Aid versus you're not getting discouraged? And, And there's a delicate line because, you know, if you are looking at a solution where hundreds of those exist, guess what? The market could be crowded. And, and, and if you go after a market where nobody exists and this was my startup in 2000, then you are ahead of the curve. So, for example, the startup that I was part of in 2002, we did fiber to the home innovation and we could do one GBPS of Internet traffic to the home. And I live in Saratoga, California, in the heart of Silicon Valley. After 20 years, I don't have one GBPS in my home. <laughs> so, so so that is the lesson which i learned is that getting ahead of the curve is also bad and if you're too late is also bad and and that was the thing which i was discovering that uh, you know you don't have to write the code the reason why a lot of people write code including myself earlier was a lot of entrepreneurs this i'm not generalizing comes from engineering background and they go into their comfort zone of doing what they do the best which is write code and that's where they go and The most difficult thing is to hear no. And as looks like you have done a good research, I'm impressed. One of my blogs talks about like there is a rule for 10,000 hours by Michael Gladwell that if you want to practice any new skill, you have to do 10,000 hours. I have a very simple rule for entrepreneurs. This is 100,000 no's. So if you hear 100,000 no's and you are still listening, then probably you can become an entrepreneur like me because in last 27 years before my average secure success, that's maybe more than that 100,000 no's I got. And what happens here is that is the most difficult thing to hear is when you come up with your new idea, which is your baby and people time and again, just disparaging that and saying, no, no, no. And, and so that is where, again, you know, coincidentally, I, while I was doing my MBA at Columbia, I did take Steve Blank's course as well. And I was looking at that. So as part of my journey, I had this failed startup. Then I looked at the framework and then I was looking at other startups. And I don't now remember top of my head, what are the four phases and everything else. But for me, it's very simple. You want to make sure that the problem is real. And, and, and the only way you can do that is by talking to a lot of potential customers and and, and asking deep end uh, uh, questions, right? And again, I'm learning as everybody else, like first time when I did Avid Secure, I did this level of surface of questions, right? And now when I was doing armor code, I went 10 times deeper because what happens here is, uh, again, one of the other challenge here is that a lot of times You know, uh, when you go and ask people, people in general are very reluctant to say no or tell you the truth on your face. So that's the other challenge to an entrepreneur is that if you go to a person and he or she is saying is it a good idea or it's an okay idea, you have no idea that you know what they're really thinking about it and especially on the VC side as well. So as a result, it's the job of the entrepreneur to dig deeper to really get that thing out. And that's kind of becomes an art which you learn over the period of time that how do you meet somebody who is a potential customer, get him or her comfortable to the point where they're telling you the truth. And and, and they need to develop that confidence in you that you are going to take the uh, criticism constructively. And even despite that, not everybody will tell you the truth. So that becomes most difficult thing. I don't think so that's covered in any book, if you will, yeah. that how do you do on customer discovery and all. So the idea here is you talk to a lot of customers. You can use a lot of frameworks which are out there. But the uh, fundamental is why this problem? Why now? And why me? And you should ask that to the potential customers and yourself as well. Because, uh, you know, last thing you want to do is customers have a problem and it needs to be solved now but they will never buy from you because you are a first time entrepreneur or you don't have a credibility in that space or things like that. Right. So, so that is where the things come from. So customer discovery is important. Uh, there is no, uh, as I said, like what is called as a things I don't remember top of my head, but sure. that would be my uh, uh, two cents, if you will.
0: Sure. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. That's um, uh, yeah helpful in terms of your interpretation and how you actually implement uh, that in in your uh, uh, startups. Yeah, good good to know that. Um, so I guess uh, the uh, final part of it, in terms of the customer validation aspect, again, this is more in the discovery phase, right? I think just as it maps to armor code, you did mention that a uh, couple of um, uh, 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 for Fortune five hundred, uh, uh, you know, engagements and so forth that you're working with. Uh, just trying to understand how you. Uh, uh, you know, at the next phase of it, right? In terms of trying to validate it, uh, you know, building your sales roadmap and and developing the positioning and things like that, just your thoughts around maybe your earlier experience at Avid Secure and and sort of how, or, or, you know, at Armour Code, how you are uh, taking it to the next phase of it. Uh, Some thoughts around that would would, would also be helpful to understand.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, every time you're doing a startup, you're learning and you want to do bigger and better. At Avid Secure, I was the sales guy, I was the sales engineer, I was a product manager, I was a product marketing, I was the CEO. So I was the only business guy, and the rest of the team was technology. We were in the early phase. And, you know, this time, you know, having learned from the lessons and everything else with the deeper customer discovery and everything else, uh, we already have product market fit, right? The type of customers, the logos of the customers, and it's not couple. we are like 30 plus Fortune 500 engagements of a company of our size is incredible in year and a half. And uh, so that gives us a good sense of where we are. And as a result, I am a very strong believer of what gets you here doesn't get you to the next level. So what I have been doing here is I've been trying to surround myself with the leaders and the entrepreneurs who have made companies which are 10x bigger than I am, like, you know, Decacons, if you will, and listening and learning to, from them And then most important thing here is when we are doing that, uh, like this time, we are already like uh, 14 people in go-to-market compared to last time alone, right? So uh, average secure journey was 1.5 years from start to uh, uh, acquisition. Mm -hmm. And Armour Code is also just 1.5 years, but we are 50 people with a big go-to-market team and everything else because we have a product market fit. Now what I'm focused on is, you know, how do we kind of rinse and repeat, looking at it, uh, scale. Uh, how do you scale? And and that's the main thing is, uh, you know, in, in my mind, like, okay, how do you uh, kind of structure? And the only way to scale is through a structure. So structure and scale to get to the next level. And as I said, we we beat the record like earlier. We're trying to, you know, continue to beat the records of, you know, on all fronts.
0: Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Nikhil. I think that was, yeah, good, good to Get your uh, take on the next phase of uh, growth uh, for Armor Code. Uh, Wanted to thank you once again for uh, taking the time uh, to to share uh, your uh, journey, the Armor Code journey. Uh, appreciate it very much, and uh, wish you and Armor Code the very best on on the uh, next phases of your growth. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Raj. Thanks for having me again.